Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We are a church with open hearts, open minds, and open doors who are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we do that by offering our sermons for you online. And so we hope you enjoy listening to today's sermon. We join me in the scripture reading found in Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 17 through 27. Listen to these words. Lord God, you created heaven and earth, and by your great power and outreached arm, nothing is too hard for you. You act with mercy towards thousands upon thousands, but you also bring consequences of the father's sins on their children after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of heavenly forces, marvelous are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. You are aware of all the things, always humanity, and you reward us for how we live and what we do even now. You perform signs and wonders in the land of Egypt as you do on this very day in Israel and everywhere else. That is why you are so renowned. With a strong hand and an outreached arm, with an awesome power, yes, with signs and wonders, you brought your people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. You gave them this land that you promised to their ancestors, a land full of milk and honey. They entered and took possession of it, but they didn't obey you or follow your instruction. In fact, they didn't do anything you commanded them. So you brought them upon this disaster. The siege ramps are in place to take the city. The Babylonians are about to capture it by war, famine, and disease. What you have pronounced is now happening as you can see. So why tell me, Lord God, buy the field for money and make sure that there are witnesses when the city is under Babylonian control? Then the Lord's word came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all living things. Is anything too hard for me? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Have you ever had one of those purchases you weren't sure of? Have you ever had one of those times where... where you know, you feel God asking you to do something that just doesn't feel like it's normal or it's something you should do right now, maybe wait later. We find in our story today that Jeremiah was asked by God to, to buy some land from, from his cousin, uh, to have, to hold for future purposes. Although Jeremiah kind of was looking short-sighted on this. He, he was thinking that... Um, you know, the Babylonians are like right there. Like, we can see the ramps. They're right on the building. Like, come on, God, really? You're asking me to make this investment right now when conditions aren't ripe. But Jeremiah was, was reminded of the God who can do all things. God, you created heaven and earth by your power and outstretched arms. Nothing is too hard for you. How often do we forget that? That nothing is too hard for God. And far too often we, we live to our own devices, we live to our own minds, we, we lose track of hope and lost sight of the goal that God has for us because we get so caught up in the particulars of the buy. 
The other day, it's funny, when we went to go buy our new car, I walked into the place, I'd done all my research, I looked online, I knew exactly what I wanted, I had permission to go buy it, and I walked in, and, and, and you would have thought the used car salesman thought I was nuts because I pointed to that car, I said I wanted that car, and anything that was going to happen changed my mind because I knew exactly what my end goal was. I was walking out with that car in mind, and hopefully at a lower price. And he was shocked that I was that, you know, dedicated. He, he was like, oh, you sure you don't want to look at these models? No, this is what I have permission for. This is what I'm going to buy. And this is how it's going to happen. And that's what God does with us. God has a plan for us. God wants us to live a particular way. God wants us to be in that mindset of living in his presence. But what happened with the Israelites and, and why the city was under siege was because they had missed that mark completely after Moses had left. It, it really started as a downhill slide as they got into Israel and, and things were going well. They, they got how a lot of us get when things are going well. We kind of relax and we don't pay attention to the things that we should. And then we find ourselves in a rut, in a rough place. Jeremiah and, and, and the Israelites' tunnel was very dark and bleak. There was no hope. They saw the Babylonians at the gate. They knew this was it. And so, like, people that knew they were leaving in exile, they, they went and sold their stuff. And, 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 you know, it's kind of like, think of the end-of-the-year clearance sales that happen at Target or Walmart. People go nuts over this stuff, and they're buying low and, and buying all this stuff that they don't need. And, and here's this plot of land that God calls Jeremiah to buy. And so Jeremiah, out of his faithfulness, does it because he's reminded that God called him to be faithful. And he's living out that faithfulness. And so he's asked to buy this field. And realize, you don't, it's not just an under-the-table transaction. Here's a couple of dollars. Here's the field. Like, you have to go out in front of public and do this. And so Jeremiah is laying himself out there in front of everyone saying, yeah, I'm a sucker. I'm buying this field, even though the Babylonians are right there. I, I'm a sucker that, that I'm buying it at a good price with hopes that maybe we'll be able to come back and, and, and have this land. Man, if you look at, when you look at the scripture reading, and not only for today, but when you look back to the whole transaction, you kind of feel for Jeremiah a little bit. That he's living out his faithfulness to God even though it doesn't seem right. Even though it doesn't seem normal. Even though it's not the right investment. It's a God investment. It's an investment that doesn't make sense. And it's an investment that God put on Jeremiah's heart because there was something bigger that Jeremiah couldn't see at that time. But it was a, it was a little ray of hope. And sometimes in the midst of those, those dark times, those tunnels, we have little rays of hope that, that give us enough, just enough light to remind us that because God lives, we can conquer anything that is in our way. So how do we find hope? I think first we have to be faithful to hope. We have to realize that even the smallest bit of hope can move mountains. Even the smallest bit of hope can, can give new life to, to, to dead things. Even the smallest bit of hope can, can change our minds and our, and our mindsets to propel us into the future that God calls us to. And we can learn from Jeremiah that even in the midst of Babylonians knocking on this gate, that even the craziest of purchases is the right thing. 
And even though Jeremiah doubted, Jeremiah doubted. This is what we were reading to you, is that Jeremiah is doubting this. He's, he's processing this. He's saying, I don't really trust this. But then God spoke. I am the Lord. The God of all living things is anything too hard for me. That's that glimmer of hope. That's that little light that, that keeps him moving in the darkness. Have you ever seen like a little LED light? A single LED light produces a whole bunch of light that can help move you throughout all parts of darkness. And this was Jeremiah's LED light. These words from God, I am the Lord, God of all living things. Is anything too hard for me? That is the hope that Jeremiah needed to propel and to find hope. Desmond Tutu is quoted as saying, Hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all the darkness. Glass half full kind of guy. Got to have just a little bit to move us forward. And if you're in a dark tunnel right now, there is a light that is searching you. There is a light that is calling to you and it knows you by name. And that light is God. And you know that because God lives, we can face the darkness. The second way I think we can find hope is that we're filled with hope. You know, and it's not just like there's no quantitative, like you have to have at least 20% of hope to be hopeful. Um, You need to have at least 10 hope credits to, to be able to be hopeful. You just have to have a little bit of hope. Jeremiah had this, and it started in his calling. Don't be afraid of them, because I am with you to rescue you, declares God. The story I came across this week was a guy named Mike. He wanted to go fishing. And like every fishing trip, he uh, got sidetracked a little bit and went a short distance from his normal route and found himself lost. And not just lost, but like lost where... You know you're lost. Have you ever been there where you know that you're just like, you've wandered too far away, you have no clue where your bearings are, and you're just lost? Mike had been lost, and he was so lost and so into the woods that his phone didn't work. Um, He kind of lost track of where he was, because if you've ever been in the forest like that, it's easy to get lost like that. He was unable to call for police or any kind of help. Um, Several attempts to to rescue himself didn't happen. But Mike managed to stay alive by drinking out of puddles and stream beds along his way. He managed to, to make shelter out of just little pine needles and willow branches to stay warm. So after five days without food and and healthy water, he was certain he wasn't going to survive. Or he was certain he wasn't certain he wasn't going to survive. But Mike wasn't ready to give up. He heard helicopters flying off into the distance. And so with all those pine needles and and everything that he had uh, in about an eight-foot tall sign, he made the word help out of the use of the pine needles. And it was the rescue helicopter that spotted the word help. Mike was filled with hope that he would make it out of his dark tunnel. Mike was so hopeful that all he needed to do was just spell the word help and help would arrive. How often do we have that in our daily lives? Because sometimes all we have to do 
is go to God and say, help me, Lord. Help me face today. The third thing is remember the future. How do we find hope? We remember the future. That this thing is not the last thing. That there is hope in a future that God has created for us. Mike, Matt Miosky in his book this week, he said, In our lowest moments when others are selling, when people are fleeing, when they are saying God is not real, when all the signs seem to point downward, God invites us to double down and invest in hope. To believe that there's a bigger story that we cannot see and that we may not understand, but nevertheless being written by God. I like that little line there. God invites us to double down and invest in hope. So why are when things aren't going our way, do we go the other way? And, and we say, well, here come the Babylonians. They're going to conquer us. We're not going to be here anymore. All is doomed. We get that way. We, we lose sight of the hope that God promised us. We forget that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We forget that because God is with us and is going to take care of us, that there is a future with hope, that this dark tunnel will not conquer us. I'm reminded of that verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we do not see. Sometimes to get out of our dark tunnel, we just have to trust in God. Sometimes to get out of this mess and, and this rut that we're in, we just have to have that little light, that little glimmer, that little spark to move us forward. Church, I have hope that our better days are ahead of us. Do you? I have hope that, that this place is going to be a place that people will look at and say, yeah, we remember when, when they were this, but now they're this because they were living faithfully into what God had called them to do. I have hope that when God puts that into our heart to, to change us and to move us and we open ourselves up to that, that our lives will never be the same. I have hope that in the end, when we are done and our race is run, that God will look at us and say, good and faithful servant, come and rest. But until that day, we have work to do. There are people who need food. There are people who need love. There are people who need care. And we can provide that. I have hope that God is not done with us yet. I have hope that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. And that God that told Jeremiah, I am the Lord of God of all living things. Nothing is too hard for me. I believe that God can move us into a better direction. And all we have to do is say yes. So church, I invite you that as we sing today, because he lives, you take those words to heart. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And because we know that life is worth the living because he lives. I pray that you take those words to heart and that is your glimmer of hope in the midst of your brokenness. I pray that, that when it's all said and done, you look and smile and know that the worst thing is not the last thing. And I pray that you remember today that God is with you and God loves you and cares for you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And I pray that in the end, you can say, I gave God my all. And I think that's the challenge for this week. That is the glimmer of hope that, that you can take out into the world and share the good news that God loves us and cares for us and is not finished with us yet, despite all this darkness in the world. 
that there is a hope that the world will be better. But God needs us. So go be a good and faithful servant. Let us pray. We hope you've enjoyed listening today online, and we'd love to for you to come and join us at 10 a.m. Sunday morning or 6.30 p.m. Sunday night. You can find out more about us by going online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day.